Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Merry Christmas. Really, we're going to start out the day like that. That's how y'all want to roll this morning, huh? Merry Christmas. There we go. How many of you are, are really sick and tired of seeing kind of our culture try to keep Christ out of Christmas? Am I the only one? Like, like they're just like, they want to take the Christ out of Christmas and they want to just say mas, right? <laughs> More, right? They just, they want to say different things and you hear it all the time. Our culture pushing it out. And, and they become almost like numb to it. I don't want it a part of it. And they'll say things like, happy holidays, happy holidays, seasons, greetings. I, I had my kids the other day were saying happy holidays. And I looked at them. I said, don't you dare say that again, you know, <laughs> or Christmas people, you know, and we're Christmas. We celebrate Christmas and they happy holidays, season greetings and merry winter season or, or happy winter vacation break for you parents. You're going, it's not very happy for me. My kids are off for two weeks. It's not happy. Okay. Happy winter vacation. Happy holiday tree that we decorate randomly. Happy socks on a mantle day, right? Think about all the randomness that is. Doesn't it just sound silly? Am I the only one that thinks it just, it sounds ridiculous? You want to know why it sounds ridiculous? Because Christmas means something more than just a holiday. It means hope. Christmas means hope. And what Christmas, Christmas signifies is this, that hope actually has a name, and his name is Jesus. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Over the past 20 months, last week, you heard Pastor Jacob speak about the fact that there's been a lot of hopelessness, almost a spirit of oppression and depression upon our land, upon our, our nation, upon even our city, and we continue to fight that off. And what Christmas is a great reminder of, think about this, Christmas is a great reminder that there is always hope and hope finally has a name. His name is Jesus. And listen, he, he may have created winter, but that's not his name. He, he, may, he may be holy and holly, right? but that's not his name either. There is no rest without him, but he's not a vacation. He is Jesus, the son of God. He is Jesus, the son of God. I, I love the way that Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, really speaks about Jesus, and he begins to name him. He didn't say his name, Jesus, but he named of everything else. And here's, here's what he said this morning in chapter nine of Isaiah. It says, for us, to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. I, I always used to look at that verse, and I'm gonna pause for a second and think, isn't that the same thing, a child and a son? Like, how are we differentiating that? Here's what I saw the other day. That yes, we were birthed, that, that Mary birthed a child, but God gave his eternal son to us. A child is born, but listen to me, God gave his son. And that is hope. And he says this, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He doesn't just have one name, but if you could give him one name, it would be Jesus. He's the author of hope. Then in our darkest moments, when you're at your lowest, and I'm not naive enough to think that everybody's season is joyful, this season for you might be a reminder that 
The family that you had isn't the family that you have now. The relationship that you had with your kids isn't the relationship you have now. And it's a reminder of things in the past of how broken they are. But I am here to encourage you this morning that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. Hope has a name. And if we begin to remove that name and take that name out, all of a sudden we lose what it really is about. And that is hope. Because I know so many of us, and I've been here before, maybe you have too, and if you, you, can, you can attest to this, is that we can get lost in this Christmas season, can't we? I mean, the lights are beautiful. I'm turning down every, it takes me 30 minutes to get home because I'm turning down every street that has lights, right? I'm going down, I'm like, ooh, lights. I'm like a, squir- a squirrel. I'm just like, you know. I want to see the lights. We can get lost in the lights. We can get lost in the tree. When we decorate our tree, I am OCD about where the ornaments goes. My kids decorate it first. I'm like, oh, that looks beautiful. Let me go change it real quick. And I just change all of them because they, they, I'm just OCD like that. We can get lost in the presents, right? What we're going to get for our friends, our family members, what we're going to get, what we are hoping for, right? We can get lost in all of those things. We can even get lost in the sadness and the darkness of the season. We can get lost in this. But I want to encourage you this morning that hope isn't a what, a when, or a why. Hope is always a who. Hope is not a what, a when, or a why. Hope is always a who. And as we see the Christmas story unfold over the next few days and we begin reading the story again and you you guys are coming on Christmas Eve, you're going to hear the Christmas story. We forget how dark the night was. We forget how hopeless they felt. We forget how really it was the darkest moment before Jesus came. And they had their hope in a what? They had their hope in a when? And they had their hope in a why? But they never thought their hope would be a who. Let me ask you, where are you placing your hope this morning? I want you to think about your situation, your circumstance, your season, your financial woe, your marriage, your children. What are you putting your hope in? Are you putting your hope that your family might come back together during this time? Just you mamas are going, if I could just get all my babies together one more time. Are you putting your hope in a what, in a when, in a why? Or are you putting your hope in a who? His name is Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. That in the darkest night, God didn't send a message. He didn't send an email. He didn't send a phone call. He sent his son, Jesus. And to us, that should be hope this morning. And I want to prepare us for this Christmas season. And in less than a week, we're going to be celebrating Christmas Because there's something special about the name. We know in the Christmas story, the angel comes to Mary and says, hey, this is all going to happen. You're going to name him Jesus. But here's what I want to answer the question this morning. If hope has a name, what is it about his name then? What is it about his name? The first thing about his name is, you can write this down, is his name is precious. His name is precious. We use that word sometimes when we think things are cute. Oh, you're so precious, right? Precious, in the Greek, it literally means unequaled value. When I hear that word, I think of, uh, maybe I'm a movie nerd. Some of y'all can attest to this. I think of, or a book nerd, maybe Lord of the Rings, right? You think of Smeagol, my precious, right? (laughs) 
And they, he has the ring and he, he's holding it tight and it gives him power, it gives him value, it gives him status, it changes the way that he feels. Why? Because it's precious to him. And when something is precious to you, you treat it differently, don't you? You value it differently. Some of you, maybe a precious thing is a painting that your child made, or, 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 or it's something even sillier than that. You're like, this is precious. It was from my mother or my father. It's precious to me because it has value. And not value that you can put monetarily, but unequal value. You can't buy this again. People ask me all the time, like, hey, why don't you wear your Super Bowl ring? Like, I would wear it all the, if I was you, I would like walk out like this all the time. I would wear it around my neck. And I just look at him and say, that's why God didn't give you a Super Bowl ring right there. <laughs> As the clearest day, you can't handle it, right? And sure enough, like people go, why don't you wear it a lot? And I'm like, because it's, it's not that precious to me. You want to know what's precious? What's precious is the memories I have and what it represents. They're like, do you keep it locked in a safe? I'm like, no, I don't even really know where it is right now in my house. It's somewhere in a drawer. Why do I say that? Because it's, that's not what's precious. The memories are precious. I treat it valuable. It's, I hold it tightly. Why is the name Jesus precious? Listen to me. Because he saved a 17-year-old nobody like me. Because on the cross, I believe he wasn't just saying, I'm gonna die for Chris. He was thinking, I'm going to die for the world. People who won't even know me, who will turn their back on me, who will try to kick me out of Christmas, I'm going to die for them. Think about that. The name of Jesus is precious because of what it means to us. What it means to us. It saved us. It brings us comfort. There's something special about the name of Jesus. It cleanses us from our sins, the name of Jesus. It's precious to us. Now, in biblical times, uh, naming our children were different. Um, I don't know about you, but when we named our kids, uh, I didn't, it, I'm going to be very honest with you, it wasn't super spiritual by any means. I just thought of every name that rhymed with a bad name or a bad word, and I tried to go away from that so they wouldn't get made fun of in school. That was my only really premise, right? And I was just like, I don't want them to be named, you know, anything that could rhyme with something or could be made fun of. And so we, we did that and we, we named our kids. And, and, and nowadays people just name their kids whatever. I'm going to name my, my kid yellow or red or blue. And I'm like, hey, if your kid's named that, that's awesome. I'm wonderful. But it's just very random. But in biblical times, it meant something. In biblical times, they named their child, watch this, for, for the hope and the expectation of what their future would be. So watch this. They named their children, and God names his children not for who they are, listen to me, but for the mission that they will accomplish for him. Amen. The mission. So listen to this. Here's what, here's what it is. This is so good. Abraham got his name changed from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means the father of many nations. He had no kids when he got named that name. But what was he? He was hopeful. He was hopeful. 
You got Moses, which means to the deliverer or to draw out. Why? Because he led the Israelites out of Egypt. You have Jacob, the deceiver, and Jacob deceived his brother, ended up getting the blessing. And then he wrestled with God and God changed the name from Jacob, the deceiver to Israel, which means clinging firmly to God. Watch this. God said, I'm going to rename you because you deceived, but now you cling. There was a mission in his clinging. And that's what he did. Peter was renamed from Simon to Peter and it meant the rock mainly because he was hard headed. We all know that that was his mission was to be hard headed. And then John meant God is gracious because he walked ahead and told people, hey, guess what? Jesus is coming after me. Let's repent and be baptized. But when Mary was visited by the angel, can I tell you? He said, you're going to name him Jesus which means God saves. You want to know why his name is precious? His name is precious because he saves. His mission was to save you and I. It's the hope for the future. His name is not just precious. The second thing is his name is present. And I don't just mean a gift. I mean present here with us now. You heard Pastor Joseph talk about the Simmons family. I remember the first time that I was with a family or with someone when they experienced a tragedy like that. And you hear Pastor Joseph say, like, what do you say in those times? Anybody, is that, am I the only one that has had experienced something like that where you're with a loved one or a friend and they had a loss and you're just like, um, sorry. You think sorry is not good enough. You want to say words that want to fix it. Am I the only one, right? You've been in that situation. I'll never forget the first funeral I did. I was with a woman and she had an it was a tragic accident with her husband. And as she's hearing the news, I'm putting my arm around her. And all of a sudden I hear this voice. And I remember when Pastor Jacob said, and he goes, man of God, anytime you're with somebody and you don't know what to say, just say these words. And so I just kept repeating this to her. And here's what I said to her. I said, I said this, I put my arm around her and I use this line every time and you can use it. Anytime a loved one's going through a tragedy, Anytime a friend, a coworker, a boss, put your arm around and just go, hey, God is with you, and so am I. I just kept repeating that. God is with you, and so am I. God is with you, and so am I. Why? Because it's the truth. His name is present. He is with us. This is what Christmas tells us. Listen to this in Matthew chapter one. And she will, this is from the angel, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which says, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him. Say it again. Say it with authority. Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is with us. Meaning here and now, God is with us. His name is present. His name is the answer. It is the answer, not just then. Watch this, look at me. It's the answer today. Anytime I ask my kids a Bible question, like, hey, okay, who led the Israelites out of Egypt? And they go, Jesus. And I was like, no. Okay. Okay. Which disciple, uh, you know, turned away from Jesus three times and they're like, Jesus. And I'm like, no, that can't be right. How can Jesus turn away from Jesus? Like, I'm like, okay, who was the one that was in second in command over and his brothers cast him out in second in command over Egypt? It was, and they're like, Jesus. I'm like, no. 
Like they, they keep saying the name Jesus because 90% of the time they're right. <laughs> and though they may be wrong from a knowledge standpoint, they're right that every single answer points to Jesus. His name is present. It's not just for the 2,000 years ago. It's for here and now. It's not just for the Christmas season. It's for here and now. It is present today. It's not just precious. It's not just present. His name, number three, is this. His name is powerful. His name is powerful. You know what I find interesting about Christmas? It's people get so offended by Jesus, don't they? Right? I remember one time we were playing the, uh, I was in college, I played for Georgia Tech. We were playing the Clemson Tigers. And, and, and they, I can't remember, there was a, a moment of silence, but they asked someone to come up and pray. And it was the weirdest prayer I've ever been a part of, right? I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. We're going to pray right on the field, like on the loudspeaker at a college nationally televised game. This is amazing. And she gets up and she's like, oh, great spirit of wind. And I'm like, oh, gosh, right now, what are we doing, right? Where are we going with this, right? And it was the weirdest prayer you have ever prayed. And I've had people tell me before on TV when they're doing an interview, hey, tell your story, but don't use the name of Jesus. And I'll just tell them I can't do that. Why do they say that? Why? Because the name of Jesus is powerful. It's the only name that would allow the governments would be threatened by a manger scene. Watch this, a nativity scene. They're going, whoa, take this down. This is offensive. A baby, two, two parents, and some animals. Take it down now. Take it down. Why is it so offensive? Because it's not just a baby. He becomes the son of God. He is God wrapped in human flesh. I'm telling you, it's powerful. His name is powerful. And they know that he grew up and he became not, he didn't stay a baby, but he grew up to be a man. And that man healed people. He cast demons out. He spoke harshly to the, to those that were critics and those that were just all about religion and holding people back. He spoke truth and grace. And then he died on a cross and he claimed he was the son of man. The baby isn't offensive. The man, Jesus, the son of God is offensive to people. Why? Because it is powerful. And you know what's so great about it? Is, God, is Jesus said this, I want you to use my name. That's how powerful it is. I want you to use my name. Check this out. In John chapter 14, he says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do same works I have done and even greater works. Listen to me. Greater works when you use the name of Jesus. Watch this, because I'm going to be with my father and you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You ever wonder why we end our prayers in Jesus' name? Some of you are like, oh, I've never noticed that before. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Why do we do that? Because in the name of Jesus, it brings authority and power. I want you to think back to when you were little. I want you to think back to when you had brothers and sisters and your sister or your brother would come up to you and they go, um, daddy said, you better put that down, you know. Why would they do that? Because it brought authority. 
It was in daddy's name. It wasn't in your name. When we use the name of Jesus, let me tell you, it brings authority and power. That's why when we use it, we say in the name of Jesus. Men, it's in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking goodness over my wife. That in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking praise over my kids. That in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking and naming my situation in my circumstance or or else the devil's going to name it for me. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus because God saves. He is with me and it's precious to me. So, and it's powerful. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. I'm going through my house. I'm speaking the name of Jesus everywhere else. Why? Because there's sickness in my house and I'm going to say no virus is going to touch my kids. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to live in power because of the name of Jesus. It's powerful. So what about you? Saying the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, it uses power. I, can I just tell you, I know some of you are struggling right now. We talked about the Simmons family. And I know what you're thinking. And this isn't a selfish thought. Please hear my heart. Well, what about, what about me? I'm going through some stuff right now, too. Can I just encourage you? God sees you. He knows you. I don't know who that was for. I sense the Holy Spirit speaking. He sees you. He knows you're hurting. And some of you might be demeaning your situation because you hear the Simmons family going, oh, I don't have it that bad. Listen to me. Our God is great enough to carry everyone's hurts. He's powerful. He's powerful. And the name of Jesus brings hope to our situations, and it's powerful. I love it. One of my favorite stories is in Acts chapter 3. The disciples could use Jesus' name like nobody's business, right? I loved it. And they, we saw Peter in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John walking, and they said they were going to pray. And as they were walking, a guy was, who's homeless was, was wanting some money. And where I usually watch is I usually walk past where I should be stopping and ministering. They looked over, and they said, look at me. And the lame man who was asking for money, he couldn't walk. And Peter said, hey, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I'll give to you. And then he said these words, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He didn't say, in my name. He said, in Jesus' name. He didn't say, because I am rich. He didn't say, because I am poor. He didn't name himself. He named the powerful name of Jesus. And he said, get up and walk. And that man got up and walked away. There's power in the name of Jesus. When we speak, listen to me, when we speak to our situations, when we say the name of Jesus, when we say in the name of Jesus, it carries authority and power. Authority and power. And it gives hope to our present time. But his name isn't just powerful. The fourth thing is this. His name is preeminent. You're going, wow, that's a fancy word. It is, isn't it? It's preeminent. What does that mean, Pastor Chris? It means, listen to this, it means he's the first, he's the best, he's the supreme, or as we should say in the sports world, he's the goat. He is the goat. He's the goat. You know, we tend to use hyperbole and exaggeration in our lives a lot. All of us do. What do I mean by that? Well, it's hyperbole when you say, I just love ice cream. You don't love ice cream, okay? You wouldn't sacrifice your life for ice cream, all right? Or, 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 or when, when somebody comes up and they just go, I had the best day ever, you know? And you're like, you did? Was it the best day ever? Do you even remember your days before five years old? Do you know how good, the, right? We use hyperbole all the time. 
And when we're saying that Jesus's name is preeminent, we're saying his name is best, supreme, watch this, and first. Which means he can't be in your top 10. He has to be number one. His name can't be the last name you go to because you went to Mama first, then you went to Paul, and then you went to Paran, then you went to Nanny, and then, no, no, no. Jesus' name, you go to him first. It's preeminent. The Bible says that he was there in the beginning with creation. He came down to earth. He's the only son of God, the first son of God. He's the first one to rise from the dead as a perfect savior. And now he is the first one and the only one to lord over our lives. It's why Paul said in Philippians chapter two, when he's writing to the church at Philippi, he says this about Jesus. He says, at the name of Jesus, the name that God gave him, every knee will bow. On earth, he even goes under the earth, wherever that is, right? And even in the heavens, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He's preeminent. He's not just Savior, he is Lord. What does that mean, Pastor Chris? It means, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It means he's lording over your situation right now. He's lording over your loved one who's in the hospital. He's lording. He's in control. He is ruling and reigning. It's who God is. It's who the name of Christ is all about. Listen to me. And this might confuse some of you, but I want you to hear me. This means that our salvation is not necessarily about us. Well, what do you mean? Our salvation is not about us. It's always been about him. We just happen to get the glory from it. <laughs> we happen to be the kids to catch the crumbs from the father's table. We happen to be the ones that get the benefit even though he is high and lifted up, we get to go, yeah, that's my dad. That's, yeah, yeah, see him right there? That's my father right there. You see what he did there? He can do amazing things. He can do a one-handed catch. He can do, he can, uh, he walk on water. It's crazy. I saw him raise someone from the dead even. He, it said he spoke to somebody and, and they got up and walked when they couldn't walk anymore. He spit in someone's eyes and they thanked him for it. He took mud and he slung it at God and he could see. When you can say that, you go, my, my God is the best. My Jesus is the best. He's preeminent. So what's our response? It's always the question when we get information. It's what's our response? How do we respond to the name of Jesus? They're very simple. The first thing is this. Can I encourage you to speak his name? Oh, Pastor Chris, I'm just not like you. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know all about the Bible and like all those things, so I don't know what I'm speaking. Just speak the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not asking you to walk around just going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, he's not Beetlejuice. You can't call him three times and he shows up. Some of my old folks know what I'm talking about right now. You can't just say, Jesus, 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 and he just shows up. That's not what this is about. 
Listen to me. It's about being intentional with the name of Jesus. I wanted to be intentional with the name of Jesus with my family over this Christmas holiday. So about four years ago, we started a tradition. We try to start traditions in our family each year. And a few years ago, we started this tradition where I just go, you know what? I want to be intentional speaking the name of Jesus and letting my family know that this season is all about our Savior. And so I just had this plan and it was a perfect plan. Let me just tell you a perfect plan. And I just go, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm going to read the Christmas story to the kids before they ever open a present. And it's going to be amazing. And in my mind, it was beautiful. It was glorious. I saw them walking out and sitting down like this. I saw them opening then their hands when I started reading. And all of a sudden, the glory of God shone upon them. I saw it and I'm reading it and glory. And then they just take their presents and say, we don't even want our presents anymore. We don't need them, dad. We have Jesus. It didn't work out that way. But I thought I saw it in my mind. So we got up that first Christmas morning and I had my Bible out and I'm, I'm like, kids, come sit down. And they're, they're running out. They're going, look at all these presents. It's amazing. They're shaking everything. Look at these presents. I'm like, hey, guys, we're, we're going to go ahead. We're going to sit down. We're going to read the Christmas story first. I'm like, why? And I'm like, because we want to put Jesus like first. He's the best. He's the reason for the season. We want to make sure. And they're like, we already know the story. We already know. Why do we have to? Do? And they're like walking over to the couch like this. Like, okay, fine. And so these are young kids, really, really young kids at the time. So I sit them down. <laughs> My wife's looking at me, just shaking her head right now. And I'm, I'm, I open the story and I begin reading the entire Christmas story, okay, to little children who see presents right in front of their eyes. And I'm going like, this is going to be amazing. Sure enough, two seconds in, one's crying. The other's saying, I'm hungry. The other's screaming. One of them got up and started running around. And I'm just, all of it was just like, I don't know, uh, what did I just do? I felt like the biggest failure. You know what? I didn't find encouragement until the next year. The night before Christmas, the year after we did that, they looked at me and they said, Daddy, are, can we read the story of Jesus again in the morning before we ever open presents? You see, what we don't understand is when we speak the name of Jesus, it plants a seed that does something. It plants a seed in our situation. It plants a seed in our children. Listen to me. Men, it plants a seed in your wife. It plants a seed, wives, in your husband when you speak the name of Jesus. You speak the name of Jesus. For some of us, what speaking the name of Jesus might look like, listen to me, is taking one of these cards and going up to your neighbor and going, hey, I don't know if you have a church, but I, I just want you to invite into mine. We're having a Christmas Eve candlelight communion service, about 40 minutes long. It's at 2.30 or at 4. I would love for you to come with me. It's going up to a coworker, speaking the name of Jesus is going, I know he's precious. I know he's present with me. He's powerful. He's mighty. He's preeminent. So I want to tell you about my Jesus. You know what you do there? You just go, I'm not perfect, but I have a perfect God. So come with me. You never know what can happen with an invitation. Lives are changed. Generations are changed. And watch this. Hope is brought to someone who is hopeless. Why? Because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. The second thing we do, we don't just speak his name. 
We praise his name. We praise his name. Now, I have a legit question for you guys, and I might have some inside scoop, so I don't need you to spill the beans, okay? Can you guys keep a secret? I need to know I can trust you. Can you keep a secret? Okay, what if I told you that Drew Brees was coming back out of retirement for the Saints? <laughs> hear it? You hear it? He's absolutely not. But what if I told you that he was doing? Some of y'all got real happy. See, she said, what? <laughs> Think about it. What if I told you that? I know your response. You're in church, so you're being real calm right now. But I know some of y'all stood up right now. You would have taken off your shirt, swung it around. You would have ran around this place. If it was, you would have been like, we're going back to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. Why would you have praised that much? Listen to me. Look at me. Why would you have done that? Because you would have praised for who he was, who he is, and what he will do. You'll praise him for who he is, what he has done, and what he will do. So watch this. How much more should we praise Jesus? Look at me. For who he is, what he has done, and what he will do. And we sang that part in that song, praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. You know what's interesting? Is some of you might be in here, you might be going, Pastor Chris, I want to praise his name, but you don't know what's going on in my life right now. I don't like my situation. There are some things going on in my life that I don't want to thank God and praise God for. You might be going, there are things in my life I don't thank God. I don't want to praise God for because that's not what I asked for. And listen to me. This is where we look at the Christmas story and we need to have the mindset that the Magi had. The wise men came and they brought gifts, not to a man, not even to a savior yet. They brought gifts to a baby. Why? For what he will do. It's called praising God for, with forward faith. You look at it and go, you look at it, your situation, and you go, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to praise you for what you will do. The job isn't there yet, but I'm believing for it. My kids aren't there yet, but I'm believing for them. I'm going to praise, not because, listen to me, not because I want to or I feel like it. I'm going to praise because he will do it. I know he will because I can ask for anything in Jesus' name and my Father will give it to me. He never keeps good things from me. He only wants good things for me. And you know what's interesting? Is God always does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what's happening in your life, but I know my God, and he does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Because God doesn't always give us what we want, but he'll always give us what we need. Yeah. 
Praise doesn't always look like lifting your hands. Praise doesn't always look like jumping around or getting wild. Some of y'all are like, I just, I'm too old for that. I can't do that anymore. Praise can be a reverent sitting and just being with God. A quietness. Praise, look at me. Praise is just focusing everything on him. Giving him your situation. Giving him your circumstance. Why? Because listen to me, he gave us the greatest gift. He gave us hope. And hope has a name. That when you lose, listen to me, when you lose three children, the only thing you have left is him. You're not going to find hope in a tree or in a present. You're not going to find hope in a bottle or in pills. You're not going to find hope anywhere else other than the name of Jesus. Jesus.